you're listening to the Talking Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And today's episode, what, what is today's episode, Chris? It's a 201. It's another Chris dumped a bunch of information in a document <laughs> and is going to awkwardly go through it. Well, I think you're probably going to go through it, and I'm going to try not to rant. <laughs> How can I go through something you wrote? Because whenever I do it, it sounds stupid. <laughs> sounds awkward. <laughs> At least it's not full of a bunch of uh, uh, of definitions. That's because you already went through all of it. <laughs> yeah, but you would usually put like definitions of it. Anyways, uh, yeah, this is our anime writing tools podcast episode information dump. Uh, we're from the TakuSphere.com website. You can go there for our news reviews and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our wonderful community at the forum at the top. And our social media links on the right side. Click on all that stuff. Get connected and get more of our. I guess some people say it's good stuff. Somebody likes might us. Be, might be good stuff. I don't know. And they, unless they're all lying to us. Yes, it, they're just sitting there laughing at us, saying <laughs> these guys actually think they're doing good, and we're just kind of joking and acting like we're part of their community and yeah, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this is uh, we've done a couple of these things already, where we kind of just go through a bunch of information about anime or. The, the the tools in which anime are kind of developed and yeah we've hit on a couple of these things a few times and we've promised people that we were going to be doing one in particular thing that's actually in this thing so it might be interesting to a couple folks hopefully we won't go back and forth and attack each other probably not I but don't so. <laughs> i don't think so um but yeah this is uh this is one based off of writing tools uh it's a simple thing. I know a lot of people are probably like, oh, well, I don't really need to know about plot or characters, stuff like that. That seems like it's pretty basic stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that you'll probably get in, I don't know, uh, junior high at the latest, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's one of those things that's kind of interesting to go through. Uh, you might learn something new. You might not learn anything at all, but it's there for it's, people that might be interested in to see how something is put together. It's 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 something for more of a kind of a, a thing of thinking slightly differently because everybody it, a lot of this stuff is very subjective and I think that in a way it's it's kind of nice to see it from a, a perspective of almost the more clinical I guess aspect of this is what it really is what you take from it from that point on is 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 really your subjective view on it. And I think that everybody has their own things. Certain things work for certain some people. Certain things don't work for other people. Right, right, right. Um, so I guess we can we can get started. We're gonna, we're going to start off with the main elements of writing. Is that is that what the main elements is stand for? I'm thinking so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to start off with uh, essentially the the main elements to to writing a story uh, that we pretty much most of this is going to be based off of how it's utilized in anime but essentially it's it's it all comes from a source of writing and that writing is then put into visual perspective for people so yeah some cases it may be from like a visual novel um a light novel light novel being a book a visual novel being a kind of gamey type thing um some things are made from actual games um some of them are made from uh from uh, manga, and then the last one I is purely original story. I don't think I've ever heard of anything outside of those mediums. So I mean, even that when, when it's an original, it's, it's still written down. Somebody writes down the story, right. and then they kind of build it from there. 
Um, but yeah, all these all these writing all these stories or whatever pretty much have these particular elements. Um, starting off with plot, it's kind of important. Yeah, yeah uh, that it's it's kind of the flow of the story. It's what are the characters doing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's important to know it, n- to point out for plot is that it doesn't always necessarily have to be something big and grandeur like it, some. We we had that that case with Grimgar here recently. I know we're going to bring up Grimgar, Grimgar a lot because it's just kind of fresh in our minds. It brought up a lot of kind of conflicts between people, and so it kind of fits with this thing. So don't don't think that we're kind of trying to pick on Grimgar or trying to pick on people against Grimgar. It's, it's simply it, it's a fresh in the mind kind of thing. Um, but Grimgar, one of the main things it faced when it was coming out was that people were kind of going, okay, so what are they going to do? I mean, you got these people in this world, and they're fighting these goblins, but what are they going to do? Well, where's the plot? And that's where it's like, no, I think you're kind of missing the point. Plot doesn't have to be they get together, they go fight the big demon lord. It's a simple thing of this is where they are, this is what they are. That is the plot. What they are doing in this world is the plot, and it executed that plot. And I, I don't, I don't see any w- other way of looking at it. But also, it can be as sim- it, it can be as simple as some guy just going to the store, and the shenanigans around that. Perfect example is a lot of the things with like, uh, was it Makoto Shinkai did the Sheener Cat? Yeah. So, I mean, you could say that that has no plot, but it was a very simple story in a short, and it executed that simple plot. It was this girl with this cat. What was involved in that going forward kind of thing? Yeah, well, uh, Nanan did the same thing. It's just girls in the country. That, that's their plot. I mean, I, I, I know that's going into setting, and, and we'll, we'll discuss that later, but really the plot is, is what is these girls' lives? You know, what is their life like in the country? Um, it's not like they're... There, it's not even really a coming of age story. I mean, yeah, you could see small themes of c- coming of age, but it really isn't even that. It's it's literally these girls in the country. What is their life like? I mean, putting plot into its simplest term is direction. Like this yeah. is where they're going. It it can be as simple as down the street. It can be as grandiose as to a demon lord. So. Uh, moving on from that, we have another main element is characters. I, I think you characters are pretty important. They're huge for me, so <laughs> they, they don't necessarily have to be. They don't necessarily have to be humans. They don't have to necessarily no. be moe blobs. Nope. As Chris would probably want them to be. <laughs> they just have to be. A I character. want lots of cute a characters. Character. <laughs> they're they're your eyeglasses on the world. They are what you are using to connect to what is happening in that world. Um, that's kind of, I guess, why I put such a heavy emphasis on a character. Um, the more I can relate to that character, the more I'm sold to what it, what, what it is that they're doing. Yeah. And I got, I kind of see that as a flaw, but that's my perspective. Like, uh, another recent example is the, the lost village. I don't necessarily think that I need to have a love for the characters. I enjoy what is going on in that world. Sure, loving the characters is definitely a bonus, and it always helps to make that ride more enjoyable. Liking a main character is very easy to get engaged in that plot. If the main character is somebody who is a total jerk, it's going to be difficult to follow that story because you're kind of stuck with that character, and like you said, it's your eyeglass in the world. It's your perspective. Often cases will have characters with no background. They're like clean slates, and those are characters that you use to kind of 
unfold the world because you're kind of like them and you're kind of learning things along with them. So I, characters are definitely important. It's just, like I said, I kind of don't weigh it as important as you because I think as long as there's something in that world that is going to be told, it becomes a character for me, I guess is a, is a, is a way of putting it. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. You're not crazy, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, I, I, I've always weighed characters more heavily. You weigh world more heavily, and I, I don't, I don't blame you for that. I, I, there is an appeal to having a an interesting world to explore. Um, to me, it just it's it's one of those things that a character that that doesn't kind of work for me tends to take away from that experience for me whereas i mean i can i can i can assume that i guess you kind of just implied that you kind of see it that see the same thing where if a character is really annoying you don't want to explore that and so in, in a way we both have our own things that kind of work for us and 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 there's nothing wrong with having a world that is interesting yeah and a recent example would be ajin ajin the main character especially in the manga it wasn't so much in the show it was just the char- the main character in ajin was like i really don't like this guy and the only thing that was driving me in that show was just everything that was around him so it was like okay at least i have something else to enjoy well at at the same time the you you were saying that in the show he wasn't as annoying as he yeah. was in the mm-hmm. where at at the same time the 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 main bad guy I was totally on board when he he was introduced he he became interesting made the made the plot a lot more interesting to me but that's a separate instance altogether so so the next part we have is settings um, this is. This is a weird one because it's an all-encompassing thing, and it it covers the world. And when I say world, I mean, for lack of a better term, the the existence. It's the existence. Yeah, I mean, it, a world can be a lot of things. I mean, it can be if it's a slice of life, it can be just our natural Earth. In um. What's the the Tatsuya show? The 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 uh, uh, irregular at Magic High. Irregular at Magic High. They have a world that is similar to Earth, but people have magic. These are all things that are encompassing the world. Um, the rules that are in place for the world. Um, all of these things come together for your characters to interact with. That gives you your setting. Mm-hmm. And I think the settings, one like I mentioned earlier, that setting is the thing that I get more dived into. Like I, if I have something that I can explore and get lost in, that is a lot more appealing to me than just here's a bunch of characters are cute and they're having fun. I like to have that. I am gonna get lost in this world. I'm going to learn its rule set. I'm going to see all these integral things that are involved with it, and that's what I kind of get dived into. So. Right. No, usually replies. <laughs> and and th- like I said, there is an appeal to that kind of stuff. Like um, uh, we had mentioned in in our Haibane Hi- Renme uh, uh, review, it, the the world that they had created there was just so vast, and I could totally get lost in what they had built there. And it bites because there's not as many, I think, in that area of feel of writing because it 
I think it often requires more effort for them to put that much into it. Yeah, I'm not saying that characters are easy to write. I mean, you can easily write bad characters. But to write a setting that is something you can get lost in and go, okay, that makes sense because you just did this. So you're still following your same rule set. You're still in your same world. And I'm kind of eating up all those aspects and trying to figure out how can how how would I apply myself in that world? I guess is the, the right. main takeaway of it. But then your minor elements, minor elements. These are these are elements that you don't think are very important. They're, they're minors. They're they're not very. Or are they important. just digging stuff? They they're they're kind of things that are that you get into a level of almost if 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 you can have subjectivity in the upper area the the major elements these these things are really really heavy subjectivity because what you end up doing is you end up placing your your preconceived notions against whatever is being written and portrayed to you um and like tone not so much tone is most everybody agrees if it's a dark show it's going to be a dark show if it's a light-hearted show they're going to see it a lighthearted show. But there is things that may be kind of in the middle. And somebody may take one instance of a, of a certain thing as dark. And somebody else may see it as lighthearted. So there is that aspect of kind of a subjectivity in there where it is really kind of how you take what is being presented to you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to also point out that often writers, if they're... If they have a direction they need to go through for their plot, they will often shift that tone. So they'll give you a a bait and hook, I guess is the best way we usually put it, where mm-hmm. you have a tone that is set in stone where it's like, okay, this is a lighthearted, let's have fun, etchy, whatever you want to say is involved with it. And then at some point it kind of just shifts. It says, okay, well, our plot direction is going to go this way. And then you go, okay, actually, this is a dark, dark show. It doesn't take away fully from, often it doesn't take fully away from that lightheartedness, but there's still this element where you finally go, okay, this is this is getting serious, so we're going to start focusing on it. We, we experienced that with Madoka Magica. You had this lighthearted magical girl, and they changed the direction. Uh, Punchline had that etchy lightheartedness feel at the beginning, and then it changed its direction at some point. It says, no, we're going to we're gonna do this, and you go, okay, wow, things are getting more serious at this yeah, point. There, I mean, I, I kind of... I think that it's it's one of those things that I, usually a show kind of it's it's really one of those things that can turn a lot of people off if if it's not balanced well if it's not shifted well things like that don't work for people I some people may see something that is goofy funny and then randomly they're talking about death and destruction and it it's it's one of those things that can cause a um, a jar out of the experience. So I, I, there, that is one of those things that's kind of really hard to judge a story on because yeah, it is one of the more blatant things. There's often cases where it's the show is extremely dark, and then it has that moment where you kind of break that suspension of disbelief, like, okay, I'm going with you, and you're going too far now. Now it's become comical. Yeah. Which again is something we kind of experienced with with uh, the Lost Village. So, uh, as an example for you, um, it's more of a direction side, but I also want to point out that tone is often shifted by color and uh, music more than just plot and writing. Right. Often they can shift the tonal shifts just by giving you a darker atmosphere. Like you don't even have to have 
anything change in the scene except for it gets darker or the music starts getting more dramatic or it gets more tense. So it's uh, it's important to note that outside of Ryan, there's also things that can shift that tone as well. So Next one. Next one is point of view or narration. Um, this is one of those things that's really, really hard to kind of describe from... At least from my standpoint, you may be able to do it a little bit better, but it is kind of the you're you're kind of your main protagonist in one one instance. Um, it can also just be a flat out narrator. Um, one one thing to consider is if you have a main protagonist who is kind of your narrator per se, you also have to take into consideration that is whatever they're describing to you as the narrator they are the person who is skewing the 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 way that they view the world does that make sense yeah so if they have a bias against something they will shift the way that you are viewing that thing based on their bias does that make any sense at all <laughs> I, I i can hear it in my head it makes sense in my head but i when i hear myself repeating it it doesn't sound like it's making as much sense whatever if if let's say uh you're talking about like the voice of god or the or the, often in cases you'll have like the old elderly person is talking during like a very fantasy style show and right they're, and they're, they're talking about how this is unfolding and how these people might hate these people Right, and and when they are describing that thing, whatever that thing is, it might be their their skewed perspective of what that thing is, and if they're looking at, let's say, an army, and the head of that army is an evil person, they are looking at that army as evil, mm -hmm. where not necessarily the army is evil; it's just the person that is running that army. Does and that like in like most cases, the villain never. In that case, if that's the villain, the villain often doesn't see themselves as the villain. They see themselves as the yeah. Anti antiheroes is an excellent example of. I'm well, not necessarily saying antihero hero, but more the fact of a, a well written villain does not believe they are villain. Right. And often the narrator will make them out to be the villain. Is my point. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, antiheroes are always important in that regard as well. So that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> um. Is that pretty much all you got for that one? So the next one is theme. Theme, the one that everybody hates me for. <laughs> yeah, theme is theme is often the one thing that gets a lot of people talking and a lot of uh, disagreements, a lot of uh, positive or negatives to a show. If there's a, I, I guess because the, the more important thing is the theme is of course your moral of the story. Um, often it's a this is what the writer was going out to tackle. Like this is what they were. This was the if if you say that you have an outline for, that they're creating for a story, this is what they kind of put on this box around it that says, "This is what we're kind of doing," and or this is the first point when they were first writing it. This is what they wanted to do, and the more important thing that I wanted to point out when we were talking when you kind of put this on the list was uh, an easy example is Gate. Often people will say Gate is a military propaganda, and it's like, well, technically everything has a point that it wants to get across. They might not always be something big like that or something as controversial as that, but every person that goes to t tell a story, goes to write a piece of entertainment, always starts with, what do I, what am I setting out to do here? And yeah, often cases like a comedy, it's just, I want to make people laugh. Right. I want to make people smile. I want to have, I want to give people something that is going to nurture them. I want to give them something. I just went through this traumatic experience. 
and I want people to I want to tell people about that experience so that it never happens again. That is a common thing. Uh, Ghibli uh, with uh, Miyazaki, most people would know Miyazaki that he had a lot of loves, anti-war stuff. Loves themes and and symbolisms and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> and so there's always there's always a reason behind the story they're telling. It's not always very blatant. Sometimes it is blatant. Sometimes it's very uh, subtle. But there's always a point that is being told, and that's kind of what's in. And and I agree to a point. I I I think that I think that a lot of people, and and this is not a bashing of anybody in particular. I'm not doing this. I, it's it's. I want I I want it to be kind of a thing that that to acknowledge a theme is a good thing. I if if I watch Gate, I I get something way different than a lot of people were putting out as far as what gate was um and i could i could go and i can overanalyze it and i can find things i think in 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 my post i ended up pointing out you know nationalism versus globalism i think if any themes came out of that show to me that's what it was if you want to go into the military propaganda I, if that's what stood out to you, so be it. I mean, like I said, these are more your subjective things. Everybody, because no, when I watched that, what I got out of it was like the idea of being human. Like I, that the entire first season, a lot of it was like, yeah, you had the political tones that were going on around them, but what we were constantly focusing was on was the military group going in there and trying to help protect people and, and help them. Right. But yeah, everybody sees it differently. Yeah, see, and and and, and it, 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 that that is kind of the point. Is is the what I'm trying to say is themes are very very subjective. I, you, you cannot have a more subject uh, a more subjective thing that comes out of every story. Um, I I I look back at like Watamote. I it, it worked for me. It didn't work for Andrew. Why? Mostly because of the that ca- train scene. Yeah, I know, but in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, uh, uh, I cannot remember her name. It's been so long. The main character in that show, I identified with on so many levels. It was scary how I'm how much I identified with that character. Andrew didn't identify with her as much, but that's kind of the point. So I see, I see. I, I can't see, identify with that train scene in any way, shape, or form. I'm sorry. I see different themes and different things coming out of that show than Andrew did. And that's why I say it's so subjective. If 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 I look at a show, yeah, we may come to kind of understanding of certain things that come out of that show. Like, I may agree with Johnny, and we can both watch Gate, and he may see the same things that I see out of that show. Andrew... At we may watch Grimgar and get the same themes out of that show. It's everybody's going to have their thing that they get, and they may have somebody that agrees with them. But that doesn't mean that everybody's going to get that same same thing. Mm-hmm. All right, is that is that it for theme? I guess I don't know. <laughs> I probably is still in the bad guy on that one. <laughs> Always gonna be back on all the stuff. That's that's what we do. Nobody agrees with us. <laughs> 
Um, going on to settings, I, you have an entire area just for settings. Just for we, you. We just brought I setting did earlier, that entire but section just, just for you. I, I, tr- I started hitting some of these points, and then I remembered. Oh yeah, that's right. You have an entire segment to settings. So <laughs> uh, we're we're repeating setting just to kind of break it down even further because, like Chris kind of mentioned, setting is a huge, all encompassing thing. It, it's it is a here is the bottle and everything is kind of put in it, but it is kind of most of those contents. So, yeah, it's kind of important. Uh, we kind of already broke it down, but setting is uh, setting is our existence is the yeah. best way to put it. It is your existence. It doesn't have to be necessarily a world. It doesn't have to be a classroom. It doesn't have to be a universe. It doesn't have to be of our existence. It, it just has to be an existence altogether. Um, and part of those that setting is location. Location. Where is this happening? And of course, as a side note, the more fleshed out the world, the more the characters have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's in, in one of those things where it becomes more believable and the setting is easier to the viewer to understand and how the characters react to the situation. So it's it's one of those things where if you have a location that is more familiar... Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming this is where you're going with this bullet point. Yeah, if you have a location that is more familiar, it's more easier for the character, the the viewer, to kind of instantly jump in there. So where, if you have a setting like Nicedonia, where you're like out in the middle of the universe and yeah. you're on a spaceship that has its well, own systems, see- you're you're not going to immediately lap. You have to get some ideas from them first. They have to tell you this is how this works. This is how this works. Whereas if you were a yeah, a club show, It's you jump in there and you, oh yeah, these are students. I've been a student before. I know what this is going on. It, it, on an interesting side note, because it's kind of something that I have farther down in the, in the kind of, war, in the character area. I think it's kind of funny because y- you mentioned Knights of Sidonia. Knights of Sidonia has kind of an interesting w- way that it's built. Yeah, you don't kind of have the, the setting per se, the world per se. But you do have the characters that are that are like the main character who is kind of was tucked away in in a basement. And when he comes out, he is kind of the blank everyman. He is the one that you are. You can see yourself in that character and you understand what he's going through as he's experiencing these characters and who they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of pointed that earlier. But yeah. The blank slate character. Right. Much, yeah. it, it's kind of the... It, it, that's all a balance. The amnesia character is right. the one it, that it's, it's It's a balance between the world and, and, and how much you are willing to allow your suspension of disbelief. The more the more relatable you have, be it a character or the, the reality that they're living in that that place that they're, they're dealing with, the more you will be able to accept that story. Mm-hmm. The more the the setting is built, the more that your character has to do. Uh, and the the kind of the way I put this was the difference between John is in a room, and the class is laughing at John while he's being scolded by a teacher while staring out his out the window near his desk in the classroom. You know, there's there's a difference between what you're seeing and the more fleshed out the world is, the more there is to interact with. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and mechanics of a setting. How does the world work? Yeah. What ma- what makes it up? How's how's it function? Is yeah. that where we're kind of talking with Nicedonia? 
Yeah. <laughs> Got to bring up Nicedonia again. We're, okay. we're, we're constantly going back and forth deeper down in the, the outline. Somehow, my, my outlines suck. Uh, what keeps the mechanics in check? What is the rule keeper in, in that? And it's, it's, it's one of those weird things. Is It's okay to break a rule. And, but there has to be a balance between breaking the rule and then what is, what happens if the rule is broke? What is the consequences of, if, of breaking those rules? What, what ends up happening on, in the long run? Does, does, does the character shorten his life um, if he does this thing? You know what I'm saying? Those are all things that are in incorporated in mechanics. These are things that, like I said, like as we we pointed out earlier, Andrew loves to explore these kinds of things. Um, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why Bleach worked so well is it had these all these things in it. it, it a, a good example is, uh, and a really visual example is uh, Yuki Yuna as a hero when they go to this alternate world and they have to fight against the big bads. Um, they made it a mechanic of this world that if something in that world is destroyed, it would affect the real world. Mm-hmm. That is a mechanic. Right. And I guess you can also say it's a rule. I think we're kind of bleeding into the next <laughs> <Yeah. one. laughs> The rules. I, I, we kind of blended the last two bullet points all together. So we'll go right into rules. What are the limitations of the world? What keeps the mechanics in check? What forces your characters to follow these rules? People, by default, when they see things and they see rules being implemented, they kind of want to see those rules broken. Right. And so that's where you go into the unintended consequences of those rules being broken. What happens if that happens? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so there is that, that, that balance of keeping the rules in check and, and what what allowances you will have to those. These are all things that have to be written. They're, they're things that need, if you're going to write those things, you have to think about what it is that you're going to do with those things. And that was something that I kind of hit on earlier. And it's something that I just love in shows. I like when they, they give you a world and they kind of just more, I like it more naturally shown to you of those rules. I don't really like it being spelled out like with this long, uh, explanation of well you need to do this but don't use this ability because then it's going to break this and make yeah, sure you use this I've, ability I've never... when you do this ability otherwise this is going to be bad it's it's one of those things where I like that natural flow of like okay I've seen that this character did this and thus I know and Dragon Ball Z is a difficult example because they like to break those rules because it's what helps it expand further and further but they did well in the idea of this is this character and this is how far that character can go and even you had some characters that they put those rule sets on, like, uh, a good example, like Krillin. I mean, they put those rules on Krillin that you're not uh, Kakarot. I mean, you can't go super, 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 super Saiyan 15. Right. You have to stay there as a human. You're not going to go any further than that. And having those rule sets in play, it's always cool. But every now and then, they'll find some way of breaking that rule, but it's always on the writer to properly explain why that rule can be broken not just well because we 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 talked about the because before it's always one of those things where yeah i like that you're going that direction but all you've told me is 
because I wanted to. And that thus makes me go, okay, well, then I can't commit to anything else you're doing because you've shown me that you're not going to apply that. If that makes sense. Yes. I've never cared for, and and it's always one of those things that kind of, ruins stories I, I it doesn't knock me out it's it's one of those things that's kind of a irksome thing i've never cared for you can't do this because you're going to die well then they turn around and they do they it always and they never, break and it they, yeah, always they always break, break it. you that can't wolf. you you can only use this one more time and then it's yeah. over no and, and I, I, I don't i don't mind them using that as a as a kind of a level stopper but at the same time, if you're always going to break that rule with no repercussions, you're 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 you, you might as well not even say it. Don't even bother. <laughs> Why did I bring up Dragon Ball Z? Because all that comes to mind when you're saying that is the Dragon Balls. I was thinking, I was thinking of Naruto and his stupid uh, uh, wind power, and he, he can't use it because it's going to do all kinds of cuts to him and stuff like that. Yeah, so. there's always damage behind something, and then they just keep doing it. Um, but I mean, that's fine though. But like I said, it, as long as they they properly explain things, they don't overly exploit it. Rules are a great thing because it allows. I love the idea of. I mentioned earlier. I love the idea of coming into a world, getting invested in the the mechanics of it, the plot, the setting, and then having these rules applied. And like I said earlier, having that thought process in my hi- my head of, well, what would I, what would I do in this world if I had those rules applied to me? Well, what would I what what direction would I take this particular fight? What what direction would I take the situation? Well, it's like it's like when I go back and I watch watch. I, I went back for some stupid reason to watch the first episode of Bleach a, a few months ago, and it was like we stood no chance against this show. I mean, it had everything that we ever say we wanted in a show. I mean, right down to introducing organizations. I mean, I, I'm going to talk about organizations later. Um, it had location. It had it had the w- world. It had great characters. It had so much to deliver to us. Gave us rules. Broke those rules. Introduced all kinds of neat stuff. We stood no chance against that first episode. It was such a just... It just gave it to us. It, it was that. So this is your this is your bleach gush fest episode. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you talked about organization. Let's go right into it because it's our next point. Good organizations because I did I did end up bringing up bleach because bleach is such a great example of organizations. So organizations is kind of one of the more complicated aspects of a world. It is, it's both a character and it's a faceless person. It's, it's, it's its own character because like I said earlier, there's the, the army the army is evil or it's not evil. It's, it's got its own methodology. It has its own, it is its own entity. It has its own, uh, motivations. It has things that it wants to accomplish. That is what an organization is. But there's intricate inner workings in that. You have characters in there that are opposed to the the organization's motivations. It's it's either with the organization or it's against the organization. Different things are in there. Um, one of the first introductions to that uh, to that I, I know I'm skipping all over the place. I'm trying to go from a flow. <laughs> um, one of the first introductions of a character from that organization is going to tell you 
a lot about that organization. Your main characters and how they view that organization is going to tell you a lot about that organization. Um, so it is kind of it's 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 intricate and it's simple and faceless at the same time. I think it's I think it's a a great tool because I mean it's it's a common it's not really a tool it's more of a thing of this is something that really kind of exists you, you're kind of used to it we all have organizations in the real world be it a company be it a uh, a a group of people that you hang out with be it a uh, a charity that you 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 deal with I mean it's it's this concept of taking a group of characters who have their own mindsets, have their own personalities, have their own goals, have their own backstories, and fitting them into one common goal or one common mindset. And it's always going to have those conflicts of, what if one of those characters doesn't really necessarily like that mindset? Or what if that certain person actually wants to take down this particular mindset? It's it's a way of kind of clumping things and then causing a conflict or taking that clumping and putting against another clumping. So it's a, just an easy tool to cause conflict, cause uh, interactions, cause uh, the plot to move forward. It, it's it's a it's kind of one of those things where it almost feels like it shouldn't be in the list of tools, but actually it is a, a very strong tool that you have to kind yeah. of recognize. And it's one of the one of the things that is most uh, uh, I I one of those things that I kind of agree with Andrew in the reason why I put it in this 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 world section is because this is one of those things that kind of helps me get sucked up in a story is having organizations. That's why K works so well. It's having these different different groups that each one of them are their own their own thing. Uh, the the red being the fire, passion, and all that stuff. Blue being order and all that stuff that is those were characters in their own right mm-hmm. and and that is what's kind of cool uh going going back to my bleach using bleach as a great example is 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 the soul society soul society was such a cool thing to get involved in especially since it had many organizations inside the organization yeah so you had each one of the squads had their own thing. They had their their leader at the top of that squad. They had the vice leaders. Each character was individually crafted, but they all fit into this little, these different little organizations inside the greater organization. Um, I, I I loved the first introduction of the Soul Society, uh, Renji and uh, and and Bayakaya. Coming out of the the gate and Rukia, they they were coming to 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 collect Rukia, and you had this 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 moment of you you knew Rukia, you had a lot of respect for her. She was a great character, and she was afraid of Bayakia, and uh, so you <laughs> you you were like, okay, obviously he's not somebody, but you knew that Ichigo was really really powerful, and then. You you realize that Renji is a lot more powerful than I, I don't know is this spoiler or not. No, Renji no. is a lot more po- powerful than 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 Ichigo, and he's just stomping all over him. And you don't want to know what what Bayakia is capable of because he's more powerful than Renji, <laughs> and and Rukia doesn't want to have nothing to do with any fighting in 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 this because she cares so much. So you see a lot of different things, do- a lot of elements in this. You. You have this element of soul society is a good thing because Rukia works for him, 
but she doesn't always agree with everything. That's why she saved uh, saved Ichigo. Um, you at the same time you have this thing of Renji. She he has a, a care for Farukia. Bayakuya comes out to deliver a justice, but he ha- but he is referring to Rukia as she's referring to to him as her older brother. So you have all kinds of interactions involved in this one scene. That's why I think it's such a great scene. And oh, it's just, we, and we, it's we, just we, an introduction to an organization is what's really cool about it. Are we getting rid of fairy cast and just going to do bleach cast from now on or something? <laughs> no, that's later. <laughs> um, I think that also applies to like shows like Naruto where you have all the different villages and all the different uh, leaf village and all that kind of stuff. And what they... Uh, the alliances they choose, who's within them, the different powers they kind of employ, that's always kind of cool. And a lot of shows kind of apply this. I mean, it's really any shows that don't apply it unless it's kind of a very basic show or just a comedy or something like that. There's always going to be organizations that push the plot forward. And we, yeah, organizations are one of the most basic element that you need for a world if you're going to go in this direction of telling a story. It it's it's really kind of required in in an aspect of conflict stories. Conflict. You have to have something to fight against. It's the the little guy going against the big guy. It's really what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. Um, time period is our next one. Time period is it's it's pretty simple. It's basically when things are happening. It's 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 one of the it's it is a interesting basically, but it's complicated as far as taking place in. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those uncrucial things because it always tells what you're going to be expecting going forward. If you have a time period that is, you know, back in medieval times, you know you're going to have knights and swords and and thus and thous. And where is if you have something that's more in the future, you're probably going to expect that there's going to be some advancements in technology. There's going to be uh, maybe a lot of things that apply to your current world, but they're going to be slightly evolved. They're going to be slightly changed in order to accommodate for a newer world. Right. So yeah, it's it's a big thing. It it it, it also ha- helps you as a person to create a re- frame of reference. It's it's something that you need to understand. Like if you see it and it looks futuristic, you know it's in the future. It's it's one of those things that kind of gives you a a, a way to understand where you, where you are. Um, and a scene composition I kind of put in here because I think, I think scene composition is a very important thing and it, it is a tool in writing. It's just something that in anime, you're kind of getting a visual style of it. So you get a perspective of what's going on based off that scene composition, either visually or written out and good story writers never just say, here's person, person walking, person goes through door, person sits down. They go, person is walking through the street there's a leaf flowing across the ground. They they step on it. It crunches. The sound of the crunch hits his ears. They're that means walking it's in up fall. to it. Huh? That means it's in fall. Yes. You've told me a lot about what's right. going on in that one. I'm, I'm just agreeing with you. Is that, and that's exactly the, the right point. I mean, we've we've kind of talked about it a little bit, and especially when we're talking about uh, some podcasts we're going to do in the future, uh, we've run into some videos that kind of support our thoughts on it as well as this idea of, Kiwani is a perfect example. Kyoto Animation is a perfect example of uh, scene composition. They tell stories through what you're seeing on the screen, and they love that detail. They love just kind of reveling in that detail. You might not always see it because you might be too focused on what the character is doing on the screen, but, I mean, I've seen breakdowns on YouTube where they literally go, 
this is one scene, the opening scene where the girl goes to school. You can go, I, I see nothing in that but a Moe girl running across the ground, slipping, falling on her butt, and then running out the door and going to school. But if you sat there and actually looked at what's in the scene composition, you're seeing a story being told. You're seeing who's older between her and her sister. You're seeing uh, that she's got this new uh, uniform. You're seeing the things that are laying around the room that she's obviously interested in this. You see the posters on the wall. She likes this. I mean, there's there's so much to a scene that is not even funny. And if if all you get is a very close-up of a character all the time... They're not too worried about scene composition. They're not looking to tell a story that they could possibly tell if they would just kind of move the, the, the picture back and show you what's in a room. I, I completely agree. I, I absolutely love, and the more and more I, I, I see stuff, especially some of the videos that Andrew is talking about, I've, I've seen some of them, and I've gone digging in my own, and, and I absolutely, that's one of the things that I, truly love about Kiyoani and how they tend to focus on those small details. And even when I go into my next section, it's going to sound like I'm going against everything that he, we're just now s- saying, but it, not really. It's It kind of goes hand in hand. Um, but it is very important to understand that there is more to a story than just what is being said to you. Uh, it is the world, the, the the things that are there, what are the characters doing? All that is story. What What is happening is the story. Yeah. I know that uh, also Ghibli does it a lot. I remember a lot of scenes in like uh, Kiki's Delivery Service where she's just kind of cooking a meal, but you see everything that's going on in the room. Um, of course, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, the, the castle that she's in is like, there's stuff everywhere, and I'm just kind of trying to analyze each one of them. And it, and it kind of bites when you're not given enough time well, to the, kind of sit the in castle, the scene. Isn't the castle itself a character in its own? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, there's there's just so much that can be done with scene composition. And, I, and it's sad that a lot of storytellers and a lot of... Uh, not necessarily storytellers, because if, it, if it's a good storyteller and it's a good book, you're often going to get that... that that scene composition they're going to put that detail in there so you get an it's more important in books because they're relying on you visualizing it in your head and if all you're seeing as a character when you're reading that story you're not seeing what's around them you can't tell where they're at you can't tell what's involved around them you can't tell where they're going whereas a visual medium often they kind of rely too much on the characters that they don't give enough time to kind of let you absorb where they're at and give that space that they are in life essentially is the best way to put it giving a scene life more than just it being a dead room and that's that's one of those cool things about season composition yeah yeah i got some heat recently about pointing out scene composition but <laughs> i won't bring that back up <laughs> and that, then that's and if you know what i'm talking about now you'll know why i kind of say that as is, is is if a if a storyteller does not give enough de- uh, enough attention to where you're at rather than just the focus of what's in that scene, it makes a big, huge difference to me because I want to absorb what's going on in that scene more than just what is in the center of it. Yes, what's in the center of it is very important in off cases and often in cases, but there's it's, it's one of those things of where I wanted to see it do much more. And yeah, I can watch a ton of shows and they will have zero scene composition and they will have zero care of where the character's at, but if they give that extra level detail, it changes it from just a story to a 
an epic well, telling. Well, it's like that's like I mean, both you and me both agreed on on like uh, Shirobako. There was a lot of a lot of stuff in everything that they were doing. They yeah, took you see, this time. character yeah. has a bunch of figures on their their desk. You have this character has a bunch of books, and this one is just a cluttery mess. But there's a lot of documents, so you know right. they're going through a lot of stuff right now, and they just don't have the time. It tells you so much that. There's obviously a lot that they're having to do. You can tell that they don't have any time whatsoever to even clean up their desk. They have food sitting there, so you know that they just ate and they don't even have enough time to take it to the trash. I mean, it tells you so much about the character just seeing the clutter on the desk. It's going to sound kind of like I'm going against what Andrew just said with the scene composition, but in in actuality, I'm not. Um, so bear with me for a second. There's this idea of a show-don't-tell mentality. And... Show don't tell is a great thing. It really is. It's exactly what Andrew was talking about the whole idea of the scene composition. It's the the idea of the more information that you present to your your viewer, um, the the better your story is being told. Um, that usually goes into the 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 realm of a picture is a thousand words worth a thousand words. The the because you you as a viewer you get a lot of information off of what you see. This especially is relevant in the idea of this being a visual medium. So the more information that you get from that, the better. However, there is a aspect that, and this is kind of me from a writing perspective. It's not like I have lots of information that I've dug up on this. It's there is this area that is kind of a gray area that a lot of people don't seem to really take into consideration, especially when you have a fictional world. There is this aspect of there's not everything that can be shown to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. There is rules that kind of have to be told. There is the the things where having a character break this 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 wall and his hand is 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 all bloodied you see there's a rule there but sometimes there's the invisible walls where they that sometimes you have to tell the the person and this is actually going more towards um understanding the rules that are there sometimes you can show the rules but sometimes you have to make sure that the the viewer is going in the same direction that you are, but you have to balance it because sometimes this ki- this kind of stuff can be bad pacing, can be seen as bad pacing. If you get into the info dump area, which is really a bad idea, you don't want to get into the info dump area. So there is this kind of balance that has to be there. You have to, you want to show as much as you can. But at the same time, not always can you always give all that information through visual. Sometimes you have to be told so that you're you can make sure that this is the same thing that you are presenting. Does that make sense? And I've always I've always disliked the and this this goes in the realm of like uh, taste of anything. But often, I mean, it's one of those things where most people kind of agree on it is. It's often a difficult thing when a show will just sit there and tell you something happened rather than actually show you that it happened. Or somebody says that something bad happened in their life and they're they're going this big old long explanation about everything that went bad in their life while all you're seeing is them in a room talking 
And I'm going, wait, why don't you just give us a flashback and show us as it's happening, as they're telling it. it. It's something to keep the viewer constantly engaged rather than it just be a big wall of text, basically. Yeah. And, it, and that's something that can always end up breaking a show for me is just the idea of just not... Uh, Lord Venatus or Lord Marksman and Venatus. I mean, that was a prime example of a show that was telling you that things were happening, but never showing you it. And that's one of those rare cases of like, technically, it would probably break the bank if they showed you everything that happened. But at the same time, I want to see what happened on that battlefield. I don't want to see check pieces on a board and you just tell me that something happened. I mean, there's a story that could be told there, and you're not telling me that story. Um, and yeah, like you kind of pointed on is that kind of goes into the area of info dumps can often cause problems with pacing because pacing is our next, next topic, which we have a ton to do on pacing. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I almost want to think that pacing was the reason that this whole thing was brought up, but then I seen the later part that you have where it's just this big, huge, long rant. I'm going, never mind. That's probably what he was having. (laughs) No, there was a lot of rants in here. (laughs) Um, you you did really awesome in cleaning up my rant. Slash outline. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like an outline no longer is a rant. Um, but you're going to still rant. So that's okay. So it's still going to happen. But yeah, I think pacing's been a, on a, a, a huge button topic lately. Um, again, I'm going to bring up the example of uh, Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash because that was one of those ones that kind of uh, hit that nerve where there's so many times, and we and Chris had the same t- uh, discussion here recently. It was like there's so many times where we run into people that go, I didn't like this show because the pacing was all over the place. This pacing was terribly slow. Pacing, pacing, pacing. I want to present to people the idea from me, this is my own opinion, that pacing is subjective. Yeah. It is not a factual thing. It is a is a subjective thing. Yeah, the, the, the extremes are, yeah, you can have a show open up with some guy's face and you stick on that face for 24 minutes. Yeah, pacing's probably bad there. <laughs> I understand that. But in most cases, when a story's being told, the because essentially what pacing is, is is choosing the right amount of time to spin on a given event or a lack of event. It's it, it plays a significant role in how a story's told. The writer uses it to keep the viewer on the edge of their seat, when some, um, and then sometimes it gives them a reprieve when the plot is tense. So it's this, this constant juggle of... Time management, management basically. Um, it often de- determines whether the viewer is engaged in what they're telling in the story, or if they just turn away from it because they're bored, because they're not they're not given anything. But the the thing that comes from that, in my opinion, always comes down to it's a subjective thing. So if Grimgar was a prime example, and that's the the recent one that we have, so it's the best example is there was this particular scene where the characters were fighting a, a goblin. And this is a very tough fight. And then following this fight, they have this moment of reprieve. This moment where the writer said, okay, I need to... And I'm not saying this exactly what the writer was thinking, but this is what I think the writer was thinking. And the idea that, okay, we just had this happen. It was very, very brutal. It was very violent. It was not at all settling to the characters. The characters did not like what happened. And then they had this moment where they kind of just took a moment where everybody was just in the, the town. They were just trying to get their mind away from they were They were stepping away and they were taking a breather. They were healing. 
And what comes from that is this idea of this this back and forth between these two group, group, groups of people. There's people that say, I like this moment because it was just like me in that moment. I was thinking the same thing, like a big XL, and I wanted a moment to, to just soak in what just happened. And then there's the group of people that are going, nothing's happening. What's going on? Nothing's on the screen. All we're doing is watching a bunch of stills. I mean, all we're seeing is a character walking through the town. This is nothing here. The pacing's terrible. It's slow. It's whatever. That's where I mean that it's completely subjective because one person will see the significance of a pause, whereas another person will be wanting, I want more, I want more, I want more. There's, and I'm going to go on the extremes here, there's a group of people that want, I wanted them to constantly fight these goblins and it'd be a big action-packed thing and and horses jumping through exploding barrels and and tons of action. And then there's the group of people that are, you know, probably thinking, whoa, this is too much action. I just want to, to mellow out here. It's always based on who is viewing it if they're going to see a pause as being too long or too short. So that's where I say that I think pacing is completely subjective to the person. Yeah, I, I think that one of the best ways that I, as I was going through and I was kind of Considering what was what was going on, and uh, as far as this this particular section, one one of the I, I put down two little sections. One is a slice of life. Slice slice of life tend to be very consistent on their and and I'm going to refer to what I call beats, and it's kind of the same thing that Andrew was saying as far as events or lack of events. They're 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 kind of something that happened. They, it 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 doesn't necessarily have to be. You know, um, a a every every attack or or something like that, but it's it's something uh, info being conveyed to the viewer. That let me let me put it that way. It's something conveyed to the viewer. It's it's got to be. It's usually something that engages them, makes them feel like they have gotten involved in the story in some way. Um, so that's what I'm re- referring to as far as a beat. Um, and and when I talk about like a slice of life, the beats will be very consistent, but they will meander. It will be slow. It'll be kind of moving along at its own pace. And that that's that's kind of a slice of life. The action, it, kind of like what Andrew was talking about, it'll be erratic. It'll be a lot of beats all at one time. Stuff is happening. Lots of things are going on, and then it'll have a lull. Usually something that where usually it'll go into like a, uh, a an info dump or it'll go into like Andrew was talking about in Grimgar where this this reprieve a a a, 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 a healing moment a, a healing moment for your characters to chill out and relax and and they'll they'll they may do kind of the goofy antics of a lot of those those types of shows so. That's kind of what we're talking about. If 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 I'm referring to pacing, I'm usually referring to something like that. But like Andrew was saying, it's very subjective. Um, and that's essentially why we never bring up pacing very often. Yeah. Like when we're doing reviews, we rarely ever bring up pacing, and this is exactly why because I think it is a very subjective thing. Yeah. It's 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 very hard. I I like like Andrew was saying earlier. I I it's one of those things. that's really frustrating to hear the pacing was all over the place. Well, what does that mean? I mean. If you're talking about an act, if you're talking about an action scene or an action show, yeah, I kind of get it, but that's kind of the point. No, it's funny as the the term pacing is all over the place is technically what pacing is. It's supposed to be all over the place. <laughs> it's choosing how much time to spend on each given event. 
Now the other the other thing is too slow, too fast. That is where it gets like, well, what do you mean by that? It, by based on your knowledge, what what constitute that that being too slow? And that's like what I was saying when I was talking about Grimgar. Grimgar, when I when I went back and watched it the second time, there was just so much information being given. And if you take that, uh, the information, I was constantly engaged. That, to me, seemed like high pace. If you think about it from the aspect of an information exchange, I was receiving this information. I was receiving a lot of information when I actually started taking notes. If I was just sitting there and they were just goofing off back and forth for... 30 minutes and then they went out into the forest okay yeah that would be probably a slow pace but in all actuality they were constantly exchanging information with me as the viewer so in actuality that's why i changed my mindset on what pacing was yeah and that goes along the same lines as if if you're as long as you're still like we mentioned earlier scene composition if you if you have a scene that is moving slowly but if you're if you're getting things out of that scene and there's there's tons of composition there for you to feed off of, you don't even need words. You can just you, – you, the pacing could be that they're trying to put well, you yeah, through the scene you, so you can absorb what's going on on the screen. Yeah, even when you were taking into, into consideration when they were actually doing the fights, or, and there was so much information being conveyed to you as the viewer. And and not even from a, a, a communication, them just info dumping. I, the information was being given to me was a lot. But in the the actual fighting scenes, there was a lot of information being given to you. These guys really suck at their first battle. They were doing clumsy things. They were missing the the target altogether. They were doing silly things that doesn't that if you were a seasoned warrior, which is usually what you're expecting in these these types of shows, the first battle they've already got it down pat. They're taking on dragons and these guys were having problems with goblins there was a lot of information being uh portrayed to you as the viewer i guess we can move on to character development the one that everybody's waiting for everybody's been waiting for this and i don't think that we're going to argue as much as everybody thinks that we are <laughs> um I, I guess to give people the 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 low down there's often a lot of cases where somebody one either one of us will point out that usually chris points out that he got a lot of character development out of character and then Andrew says, I didn't see as much character development. And then we usually kind of have a back and forth between what we think is character development. So that's that's what we mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we can we can break it down. We'll probably hit the point eventually. So it's it's really the 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 main thing that that comes out of this is is the idea that in a way, character development is a little bit subjective. Just like a lot of the other things that we're talking about, up I think here is. the level of how significant it is is subjective. I think that's the the main point. Yeah, because if 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 and, and I think get, that because you always start out with a you you start out with a mold, right? And that mold has hair, it has skin, it's got clothes. Usually, hopefully, it has clothes. Otherwise, you're watching hentai, maybe. Um, but <laughs> you're then or Valkyrie Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, you then breathe life into that character by exploring these certain elements and the subjectiveness comes in wh how much does a person think that that's significant to them like usually the problem is that some cases you might not find those certain characteristics they're applying to that character to be all that important to you so you just discard them or there's cases where they're given something that makes you not like the character they're given something that makes you like that character 
or you might think that it's not a character that is worthwhile or memorable because they didn't have certain things happen to them that made them change if you're going into dynamics. That's where I think it's really subjective. Well, there is a there is a level of uh, relatability. And, and when I talk about a lot of this stuff, I, I'm probably going to make reference to relatability a lot. I think that relatability is one of the most important aspects of character of understanding the character. Me going into this this outline, when I started breaking a lot of this down, um, I started thinking about a lot of the things that Andrew had said. And and there's this, this aspect of a level of storytelling and a level of character, character story. And when you get into like a character study, you end up going into a lot of a lot of things involving what is it about that character that makes them tick. When it goes into us on a story level, you want to see the character change and and mature as in in one way. And yeah, both of them are important. They're both character develop development. But one thing that you have to understand is in both cases, you have to have a level of understanding of that character, a level of relatability. If you, the more relatable the character is, the more you understand what they are thinking and when they do things, what it is that they're doing. Does that make sense? I'm. I, it makes sense to me, but at the same time, I think it's a flaw to think that way because I don't think every character should be relatable. I think there's characters that should be. No, no, just no, no. shown no. to you, and you understand why. No, they would and, make and I and I agree. There, there is, there is always going to be characters that you're not going to get. I mean, that I that's that's one. I think villains are probably not all villains. I, some of the better villains are characters that you can understand and understand what their motivations are and why they're doing what they're doing. But not all villains come out that way. Some of them, yeah, are I'm not going to relate to. I'm not going to relate to to Sato from. Ajin, but I'm going to understand him. Right. I'm not going to be his buddy because he's a bad person, but I'm going to understand what but he's he doing. But he's at least he's at least understandable. I understand his motivations. He is a type of character that gets a gets has enjoyment out of what he's doing. His motivation on the surface is he wants to better the world. When it comes down to his real motivation is he just wants to play with his powers um a a character that i think that would probably fit the the concept of just an evil guy just to be evil i guess i guess that would be a bad one um wolf children they you understand the motivations of the people who are coming to collect the the children they come off as evil characters they're not evil characters you understand their why they're there but they are that as a bad character. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They are very surface level. I understand what they're doing. They're bad because they would take the children away from mom. Yeah, and we understand the mom's point of view where they don't. Right. Yeah. So it, it, both both of them have their own place in what what I'm I'm d- describing. It's I my main characters I want to understand their 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 personality. I want to understand what they're doing, why they're doing it. Yeah. Are okay. we actually going to hit these points? Or are we just going to keep talking about it? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay, so first, I, when it comes to character development, I've I've laid it out as several different parts. So 
The first one I think is probably the easiest way to understand what what a, who a character is is interactions. This would be their personality traits, their um, how they talk to other people, and what is their relationship with other people. So what? Where do they stand in? I almost want to say the pecking order, but not really the pecking order. It's how do they react to this person when it comes to this person? How do they react to that? Because I, one of the best way to put it is a character may react to a Dondari differently than they would a Sundari. They, they just have different reactions. Why? Well, that's the way that personality is. This person has different ways that they react to different things. That's what makes them very, very uh, dynamic in a way, but not dynamic. It's- you have a scene where you're going into a classroom and you see the preppy girl come in and she's got her two little uh, characters next to them and she looks very uppity. She has her nose kind of lifted up. She doesn't pay attention to, you know, maybe a character that over here that looks like a nerd. And you obviously know there's like a hierarchy there. Somebody comes in and kind of just brushes her shoulder against her as she walks by her. You obviously know that person has a, a feud against the the preppy girl. And, I mean, you instantly from that little scene right there, you're, you're, you're given the hierarchy. You've given, you know who's against each other. You know that the, the preppy girl doesn't care much for the, the nerd. You know this other character that bumped into the preppy girl doesn't like the preppy girl because you wouldn't bumped into her. So, I mean, just how they interacted told you everything about what, the hierarchy and how they feel about each other. Right. Next we go into... And to find out why they act that way around each other. <laughs> Motivations. Motivations. This is what drives a character. Um, this is usually made up of um, things like what made them who they are. Um, what's their ambitions? Do they change? This is going into dynamics that we've talked about earlier. Um, what caused them to change, you know, different things that make them a living, a a living person per se. And I know that we're, we're talking about a character in a story, but these are things that are important to give you an idea of them and their growth. You want a, you want to be able to see a character go from a certain point to another point. Um, this is, this helps you in one way because it helps you relate to them because you can understand later on when they make a different decision. If if you had taken that character and presented and I and, and me and Andrew have joked about it before, but Vegeta, Vegeta at the beginning of the of of Dragon Ball Z when he first comes in, he is this character, and at the later points he is a totally different character. And when things are presented, if you were to present the same exact thing to him at the beginning of the story and present some the thing to him at the later in point of the, the story, he would have vastly different reactions to that thing. He'll that, still blame Kakarot, but... he'll Yeah, he'll still blame <laughs> Kakarot because Kakarot's power level is over 9,000. Um, <laughs> or is that... Or is that... Go on. That was Kakarot. It was Kakarot. At any rate... Joke aside, this is what motivations are. These, this is, this helps you to understand their mindset, why they think the way they do. Yeah, so you find out that the preppy girl, you know, used to know the nerdy girl, but she decided that that year that she was going to become something different, and she discarded her old friend, and that's her motivations for acting the way that she acts. 
You find out the other girl that bumped into the preppy girl probably had a feud with her the previous day, so that's her motivations is, you know, spitefulness. She doesn't like her, so. Right. I'm going to keep tying in this cool little story, (laughs) and we'll just advance it as we go along. Now we go into the history. Which Andrew has already hit the the. Oh, the I that would be that preppy girl, preppy girl d- dumping dumping the nerdy girl. No, <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah, it is technically backstory, but it, backstory is slightly different because it is uh, the way it is presented. History is more of kind of a. It is backstory, so so don't get me wrong. It's just how it's presented. Um, history is just their their lineage up to that point, how they got to that point. Backstory is kind of like understanding this event in that, in that character's life. Does that make sense? History is, is, is the same as backstory. Don't get me wrong. It's just that one is presented in one way. Backstory is usually kind of info dumpy kind of let's go do a scene change to this. History is just, that's who that is. That's where that person came from. Does that make sense? Okay. So yeah, history I'm is still thinking the same thing. But yeah, it is. It? it is in a way. It's a. It's 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 the same thing, but it is how it is presented. There's two different animals, but yeah, technically they should be the same place. I don't know why they're separate. That's probably my fault because of me and my horrible outlines. So <laughs> you're info dumpy. I'm info dumpy. But yeah, it is it is technically two different real animals. History is kind of more how that character got to that point. Backstory is kind of a scene to understand what that what happened there. Who they were in the past, it it introduces the change from before the story into who they are now. So let's go right into backstory then because I think it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, of course your backstory like you just said is pretty much where you're kind of introducing segments as you were kind of saying so we end up finding that our we we get to see a small scene where yeah where preppy girl told the nerd girl that <laughs> i can't do this anymore i'm not going to be at the bottom anymore i'm gonna i'm gonna i want to be this other person and the nerd's like well we've always been who we are so why would you want to be somebody else and she's like well this is it for us then walks away yeah backstory backstory is one of the coolest y- tools mostly because what it does is it gives you as the viewer it gives you something to see at that that un, so that you understand that character's mindset whereas kind of history is just kind of this is where they came from this is an event that is in that character that it describes why they are this way. Yeah, because you're, you're currently stuck at a current time period. Just The show is in a certain time period. You're set in 2004, and you're thus following this story in 2004. And it is a way to kind of do a quick time leap to see, oh, okay, something that you wouldn't normally see in the current time because it already happened. You're not going to repeat it. It's, it's also one of the it's also one of the tools that if it's not used correctly it can be one of the worst it's tools often used terribly because yeah. it's either it's either used to uh death flag somebody or it's just used because they have no other content to work with like terraformers <laughs> <laughs> oh terraformers lots of flashbacks in that one it can also cause one of the biggest biggest things is the haunted past it's it uh it causes the character if 
if the character becomes kind of stuck in their 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 problem, whatever it may be, if if they have something that is causing an issue, it can become what's what I refer to as the haunted past. It 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 drives the character into a direction that doesn't really make sense. It makes sense in the aspect of why they're doing what they're doing, but at the same time, it also causes it to be a harder, harder to relate to that character in a way, um, because you you don't understand why 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 are you so stuck on that? Why can't you let it go? I mean, yeah, there is the aspect of some things are just too too painful to let go, but. You also want to see that character develop and become more of a, a something better than what they are, and so to just use that as a tool to to give the re, uh, a reason for the character to be this way is not always it, it's 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 not always balanced right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think we've I can't think of it exactly, but I know there's a recent example that we had of a show that we watched where that was a kind of a case where. Sometimes the writer will have will use the the backstory or the, the quote unquote, the flashbacks to solidify a decision, but the problem is is that the viewer gets a very clear picture of what happened because they were getting the flashback, but they're discounting the idea that there is a long period of time yes. from the moment that that happened to the moment that they are flashbacking to and acting upon that flashback that you would assume that the character would gotten over it or if not gotten over it, because you can't really say that somebody can get over something that they've never, you you can't say that 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 person should be able to get over that when you've never experienced it yourself. Exactly. But there still is an element that you go, but in my mindset, I've had things happen in my past where you asked me about it and you'd have to remind me because I've forgotten about it. It was a really crappy thing that happened, but Dear goodness, it's been 10 years. You know, I've, well, I think I've that, moved on. I think I've gotten that, new things that I've been doing. You've moved on from that point, and you've thus found new things to aspire for. You're not going to constantly, every two seconds, think about, oh, yeah, I still got to get my vengeance on that guy because of that happened. I, I almost want to say, I, I, I'm, I'm almost sure that I, I know which, sto- which story you're, you're, you're talking about. I don't remember what anime it was, but I remember us discussing that, and... I think it was almost like it was a really, really young character at the time that that event had happened. Right. And it was like, okay, number one, the kid probably wouldn't remember it because I don't remember a lot of things when I was that young. Right. And number two, you're talking about like 15 years had passed since that event had happened in their life. You're, you're really going to tell me that this person is not able to get past that thing because it was that significant of a thing that happened in their life. Right, right. And that's what I said. And the problem that happens with the flashbacks is that it gives the viewer this very crystal clear happening of it. And nece- and not necessarily the the character probably wouldn't necessarily have that clear of a picture of it. So it kind of it kind of breaks the scene that they would have that vivid realization and then suddenly everything that happened in the last 15 years is gone because you're now again focused on this one thing you need to do so yeah it it definitely can affect shows and like i said the repeated uh flashbacks is a definitely a huge issue that i have with a lot of cases with a, a, a show with a lot of characters or just a show that doesn't have enough to give 
but they want to still give that inspiration to the character at the moment. So they're constantly hitting the flashbacks to go, look, this happened in their past. So this well, is why they're fighting. It, one of the things that, that, that comes at, comes out of that that I think that is, it, it, it really is a double-edged sword. One one thing that they, that a, that a writer may use a, a, a backstory or a, a flashback to kind of give a quick explanation as to why the character is doing this. Well, the problem is that you keep doing the flashbacks as an excuse to give that character a reason to do that. Yeah. And 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 at at a certain point it 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 gets kind of annoying. I, and it you you can't you can't over-rely on it. It's it's way too too some some people are fine with a flashback here and there. I see, and you can push it to a certain point. This goes back to our subjective thing. Some people can handle a certain amount of flashbacks, but if you become too overly reliant on it, it can end up hurting yourself in the long run. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can pop back up to flaws. Flaws. Um, this, it's it's pretty simple. This helps you to have a little bit more relatable, be more relatable to the character. Yeah. You, often cases, and again, this goes back to the idea of, well, do we really need to relate to them or not? But I'm not going to bring that whole thing back up. But yeah, if you want to relate to a character, you need flaws because you don't want a perfect character. Right. I mean, a prime example for me personally, again, this is objective, was Irregular at Magic High. I did not care about Tatsuya because he was too perfect. He had yeah. no flaws to him. I couldn't relate to him, and he just wasn't an interesting character in the He end. was a robot. I mean, the way I looked at him, he was absolutely a robot. I, that's what I seen him as. Um, the These kind of present are presented as weaknesses what what does the character have a weakness for or is the character weak um does he have a limp I, things that make him more human um quirks quirks are usually one of the things that in anime gets used constantly the little lolly that has a thing for sweets those are quirks Th- things that make them unique the catchphrases Catchphrases, des des, igu, des des. Um, yeah, the these are all things that kind of, in in one one respect, they make them stand out. They become their own character. They make themselves different and unique. And at the same time, they are the thing that kind of makes them. Uh, what's the best way of putting it? It gives them a charm. It gives them charm. It it it's it's. It's their thing. It makes them... It goes back to being unique. Yeah, I, I kind of bring up the point um, when we were talking about... Uh, it was Monogatari... Uh, Nisei Monogatari. We were talking about Nisei Monogatari and the, the topic brought, brought up the idea of uh, one of the characters becoming uh, kind of more likable because they kind of showed a flaw and it was like i wanted to point out the idea of no it's not that you wanted it to be a weak character it was more of an idea of the the fact was that we're bringing up vulnerability and we didn't want to make it come across as wrong but it was a case of you like that vulnerability because it brings up it breaks away that mold of quote-unquote perfection that seems to be in tomboy characters they're too strong they're not obtainable they are they're these perfect things whereas that vulnerability kind of shows that weakness that makes it more charming yeah i found it somewhere in there i just did not want to let it go there is the everyman this is kind of in a it, it is a flaw in a way because it kind of downplays them to a level of 
the absolute minimum that makes them a character, but at the same time, they are, like Andrew said earlier, they are the blank slate. You, there, it's, it's the blank as, canvas that you can draw on, basically. Yeah, it is as relatable as you could possibly make the character. It is, in a way, it's actually kind of hard to do. <laughs> And 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 I've seen characters that absolutely are you know as blank slate as you could possibly get, and and it's like uh, that this character is nothing. But at the same time, they still y- y- they're the easiest one to mold into the character that you want to make them. Um, so yeah, that is in a way it's a flaw because they have less character, and yet at the same time they are also the character that's supposed to be the most relatable because. They don't do anything outside of, they don't have their own personality, so they don't technically ever um, become unrelatable. Does that make sense? Yeah, but like you said, it's a very, very difficult thing for them to do the pull off because those often become the characters that end up being boring. Yes. Like, why are they even here? You might as well get, re- it's, the, it's the main protagonist character with no with no drive in the middle of a harem. It's like, why is he even there? But to make these other characters be in one place at one time, it's like, he's, he's just this little, he's a, a piece of meat to, to draw in the crowd. And then you go, Oh, I like these characters on the side that are coming after the meat kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, delivery, I guess is the other one you have. Delivery is actually, <laughs> that's why backstory was down there. <laughs> delivery is the next section. <laughs> All right, because I don't, I can't read your outline here. Apparently, I've kind of jumped ahead. You, next segment you have is how they deliver that character development, and technically, you already talked about backstory because I didn't know that there was a whole delivery segment of how that's <laughs> delivered. So the the whole discussion about backstory was how it's delivered. So yeah, what else do we have under delivery? Under delivery, we've also got communication. This is the actual character interactions. This is when. This character is talking to this character, their dis- their discussion, if, let's say, quote-unquote, the Sundere starts beating the crap out of MC Kun, you know, that is an interaction. How they interact, what, 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 how they receive that interaction, how they, how they relay that information back and forth to each other, their actual interpersonal communication between one another okay so we've already pretty much hit on that one as well (laughs) yeah so i didn't know this whole thing was down here so i was constantly hitting on all these things up there so uh, blame that on my outline i'm not very good at outlines i tried my best with this but (laughs) andrew did really well to actually make a apparently not (laughs) well Making a good outline out of it and understanding what I was actually trying to drive with this is two totally different animals. You did really wonderful for what what I had here. I guess the other one we can hit on is the uh, other character's point of view, and then we can get kind of get into the the big one, which is dynamics, probably. Um, yeah. Well, let me get this one thing out. Communication is one of the strongest tools for actually developing a character because. It is, in a way, it's kind of the way you actually understand what their thought processes are, because it is, communication is, it by its very essence, it is actually what it is inside of you coming out. So 
if if you and your mind receive something in a certain way and you actually portray that and how you feel about that, that is communication. That is actually getting that information out of you. So it is one of the strongest ways of understanding the character and their mindset by giving you that actual what they are feeling in every situation because you can't sometimes you can see it on their face how they how they are reacting but really you don't just because they have a sad face doesn't mean that you actually understand if a character is tearing up you don't know if it's a happy tear or a, a sad tear you that communication needs to be presented to you in a lot of cases Does that makes sense mm-hmm so we got backstory, which we've already kind of went over. Um, then other characters' point of view. Now, this is one of the ones that I'm I'm kind of iffy on. I I do think that it is kind of important, but I don't think that it's one of those tools that is used a lot. And so it is kind of one of the weaker ones. I don't have a strong standing on this. I believe it is a good way of developing a character what it is is kind of how another character per- perceives that character so let's say mc coon he is his own animal he's talking to somebody and you get one form of character development this kind of character development is from another character's point of view how they feel about that character um this is usually portrayed in off off not off screen but kind of off the main character is not there so let's say two characters are off to the side and they're talking about this character or these two characters are expressing some kind of a thing that is involved in that character something portraying that character in a way that is separate from that character does that make sense Mm -hmm. but often the problem with that is that it's often a secondhand information Right. If they're good writing, technically that shouldn't be always true. Right. Sometimes it can be skewed. And like I said earlier when I was talking about the point of view, is there's always this aspect of how it is skewed. So if that the character that is portraying that information, if that character is skewed by some kind of a bias, it may be skewed by that bias. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You, so you always end up taking that into consideration. Um, I go back to my my thing earlier of how uh, Bayekaya in, in Bleach is portrayed from Rukia's perspective. She is both respectful and fearful of Bayekaya. Uh, the other Rukia. <laughs> I, big Rukia. <laughs> I don't remember his last name for the life of me. Big brother. Kuchikichi. But anyway, yeah, he he is he has a lot of power. You know that, but it is also skewed by the idea that Rukia is is fearful of him and doesn't want that whatever that person can do to happen to Ichigo. So you have that skew uh, that is based on that character's perspective. And then moving on to the more important one that Andrew thinks is the most important is dynamics. Andrew likes dynamics. He likes his dynamic characters, not aesthetic characters. And that's what, the, like I said earlier, the, 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 the big debate comes from why, why Andrew always speaks up against Chris whenever he talks about development. Is I appreciate the idea of 
Yeah, I learn more about a character because the way they act in a certain situation or how other characters talk about that character. But I think to get that level of development that Andrew thinks is important because Andrew Andrew sees development as a literal word and the, the idea of a dynamic a dynamics in something is something being built up not necessarily something being examined and nothing sells me on a character more than when a situation is happening and a character responds to it and they are building and that's what the dynamics is, is when they're they're given a situation and the character changes because of that they their mindset on a situation changes because they went through something. Uh, somebody hit them, so thus they constantly are avoiding that person. It can be as something as simple as that, or it can be something as as big as they fight a big war and they come out of it feeling that life is a little different. They don't they don't see uh, he, the the aspect of human life. They see it more important than they ever did before. They they value their friends much more. They value their family much more. They value life much more. Those are the elements of dynamics where a character goes through something and they change because of it. And it's and it's visual. You can see that change happens. Something that happened in a recent show. Which one was it? I had it in my head earlier and I lost it already. There was a situation where something happened... I guess one recent example is uh, Netoka. Netoka, uh, you never thought there was a girl online. Is you had this whole. There's an element of when a character feels too static, even though there's situations happening that are dynamic that does not change them. So you have, you shouldn't have a character go through certain scenes, and yet afterwards you realize in the first episode the way that character acts around everybody is the same exact as they was in episode nine if you had something big happen in episode five that should have changed their mindset and they even respond to it saying that that mindset should be changed you shouldn't go into the next episode and it still be the same that character should be significantly different if something was applied to them that should change their mindset and that's where dynamics is a very touchy thing to deal with because if you're going to go that route of a dynamic character and not have them static, if you're going to put into play a story that should make them dynamic, don't remain a static character because then you're kind of losing the purpose of even exploring that element of, of storytelling, essentially. Okay. Um, I put dynamics in here because I think it is part of a character development. So I'm not... I'm not arguing with you on this. And, and I I just want to say this mostly because I think that this is kind of the fundamental reason why you and me are looking at this in, in, in different ways. Um, what you are, to me, describing is character growth. And I think that that is very important. That's why I have it in here. Because character dynamics shows helps you to understand why the character is thinking the way that they're thinking. Um along the lines of a lot of the other things that I was talking about earlier, uh, always understanding what the character is doing. That's why I kept talk- going back to relatability, understanding why that character is who he is, what it is that they are doing, why they are doing the- these things. The- what I'm talking about when, I- when I'm talking about character development is actually building that character. Does that make sense? actually going through the entire process of explaining who that character is, not just growth. Growth is one aspect of building this character that is this whole. 
Um, that's why I say all these little things are little itty bitty clues as just like, just like you were talking about with the scene composition, uh, seeing all these things that are a part of the whole that is that scene. Um, the, the, this character reacts to this character in this way. This character reacts to this and this character this way. After you see all those little tidbits, you get all these little pieces, and and then that comes together as that character as a whole. And yes, it is important to have that character grow as a person in the long run. If they don't grow, then that's kind of defeating the purpose of having that character there in the first place, in, in the total grand scheme of things. There's no point in a character that is not changing and growing and becoming more. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you're just relabeling it, because growth is basically dynamics, so... Right. Well, well, my 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 main thing is 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 when when there's this 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 idea of us, you know, going head to head on the whole idea of what is character development. Yeah, if if you look at it from the aspect of the only thing that I want to see is this character grow, which is important, and I'm not discounting character growth in any way. I like I said I named it dynamics. That's the reason why it, it is dynamics. That's you have a character changing over time. That is growth. That is important. But there's more to character development as a whole than just dynamics. Character development is I can draw I can say this is Johnny, but that doesn't make him a character. Character development is understanding all these things that are involved in that character. What makes that character who he is, and then the character has to grow. That is part. That is dynamics. Does that make better sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm, I'm just saying it. It's the same thing. Uh, the like I said, the problem that really comes in whenever we're talking about a show and there's a huge emphasis put on development. The problem always comes in our conflict is that. I don't see just examining the character and saying this is what they look like gives me enough to make that a, a, a developed character. When I think developed characters, I want to see them actually have dynamics. And so I put more weight on dynamics than just development. I want to see development and dynamics than just development and examining. And that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the the grin face in our questionnaires not sorry. <laughs> sorry to disappoint, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and we will continue to bring up this topic every single time we talk about a show and what we think is more better of a character than another, so but that's fine. That's how that's how our opinions work. So um I guess we can end off the, the episode with Chris's big rant. I should have let we should have left it how it was so I can just kind of read the whole thing. <laughs> you probably would have had a lot of fun. But then you would have taken like twenty minutes trying to parse out what I'm actually saying. There's <laughs> like fifteen paragraphs of rant here that Chris actually broke half half of it before we started recording. So <laughs> he's got it half outlined. I tried to. So so rant away, Chris. What is this the same, the same, the same, the same, the same title here? The same, the same, the same. The brown couch, the pink couch, the red couch, the black couch. It's all a couch. <laughs> this would have been so much better if I read it. It probably would have. Go for it. <laughs> it's in an outline form. It doesn't work anymore. That's true. We can un- undo it. Let me see if I can undo it. <laughs>
brown couch, pink couch, red couch. Oh, no, no, no. That's messing up the stuff up there. Stop yeah. breaking things. <laughs> They're all couches. You may like the black couch, but if you like the brown couch, seen the pink couch, got tired of it by the red couch, then you never got to the black couch. Please explain to everybody what Andrew just <laughs> read. Uh, this is kind of basically the. This is how do I put it? This is he doesn't even know. No, I <laughs> know what it is. It. I just need to figure out the best way of putting it because what it comes down to is setting. We we talked about. I'm. I think we talked about setting earlier, didn't we? Yes, I think somewhere <laughs> in that haze of stuff there was a setting section. The, setting is kind of it's it's kind of a combination of the world and the story at the same time. It's it's what what people use to get you going and the, and then from there you go with you get a group of characters and then you go through the setting. A foundation basically. A foundation. And usually this is tends to be portrayed in your synopses because that's usually the best way to say this is what I have to give to you and so either you take it or you don't take it um what one of the one of the best ones that I I we hear a lot uh, about a lot is this the evil light novel adaptations and they go back to like grimgar and and sao and dot hack and Overlord, Konosuba, all these, all these shows that come up over and over and over again, or Asterisk Wars, and and uh, what was the other one? Regular uh, Magic High, Shirley Fell Night, Shirley Fell Light, Absolute Duo, all Unlim these. Uh, what was it hundred? Uh, hundred. Yeah. <laughs> they, they all go back to this this thing of it's all the same, the same exact thing. I hear it over and over and over again it, of of how many times I've watched this show. And it's like, no, you've seen that show, and you may have seen one or two after that. You got tired of it, and since then, every show that comes up on it, you say the same thing over and over again. I've seen this a million times. No, you've seen that one show, then you watched it two more times, got tired of it, and you're not watching it anymore. You watched .hack, you said it was cool. You watched Sora Online, you were like, that's all right. And then you watched some random trapped in an MMO and you said you watched the first two episodes and said this is the same thing I've already watched so thus I'm going to never watch one ever again because they all have that same foundation I see that foundation as an, and I want to point out I, I've heard it several places but technically the synopsis you read that pops up on sites are often either poorly translated or yeah. not even not even written by the person that actually wrote the story right the the biggest one that i hate the most was grimgar because at some point in grimgar in the synopsis that we got on like my name list and stuff had game like in it and i i hate to this day that they wrote game like in there because what happened was everybody immediately assumed that it was a trapped in an mmo and like we've pointed out several hundred times, and I know everybody that's listened to us on a regular basis, I apologize you hear this way too many times. It had nothing in it that said game. That world had nothing in it that signified a video game. It's just because they put game-like in that synopsis, everybody stuck on that. It was an alternate world, and that's all we really got from that. Sorry. <laughs> Random rant. <laughs> so, they, so they watched Brown Couch... 
And they they watched the they watched Paint Couch. Maybe they only watched the first season of Paint Couch. Well, no, Couch. no, no, no. The idea but is then, that they sat Red Couch, down. They sat down on the brown couch. No, I'm saying they 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 watched the the first episode of of Red Couch, <laughs> and they never ever ever gave Black Couch a, Couch a chance. Right. My my point is is that he's got a recliner too. You, you could have liked. You could have probably really really holder. liked the black couch. It probably was pretty the cool. best. That ca- black couch probably washed your dishes for you, but you never gave it a chance because you got tired of it. Best girl you may was sitting on that couch exactly, and, and you, you gave up on it. Didn't even touch the black couch. <laughs> my, the 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 whole point of this is the idea that. While I know that there, there is this this idea of, yeah, you're going to see a lot of the same tropes. And, and I don't want people to force themselves through something if they're not, if it's not going to work for them. I, and, and usually people can tell what's going to work for them and what's not going to work for them. But at the same time, to automatically discount a show just because it's the same. And then when people come back and say, look... You may want to check this out. It's 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 doing something special. I mean, me and me and Andrew were big on the 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 uh, the the bandwagon of screaming at the tops of the roofs with all of our lungs. Hey, give Grimgar a shot. And Chivalry Fell Night. And Chivalry Fell Night. And no, it's the, it, we're not kind of bolstering ourselves. It's not kind of like a "we told you so" type thing. It's more well, even along still. The lines then, of, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. You I didn't mean, like we, it. It's a good chance that even though we were shouting at the top, you still might find it a bad show. But the problem was that you also had these people that were going, "Okay, well, I'll listen to you," and but they still kept that in the back of their head of, "I'm still thinking this is another red couch." Yeah, and they never give it a chance. Exactly. And, and that's that's the main thing. One of the biggest things that I want to point out in this is is the idea that there's different writers. Okay, each it, it's not all the same writer. Yeah, I mean, you have John who may write a story. I mean, okay, let me let me take it back to the Western perspective. Okay, J.R.R. Tolkien and uh, George R.R. Martin. The names kind of sound the same. It's kind of funky, but you know th- that's beside the point. They are both writing fantasy epics. If I was to tell you that there's dragons in both of them. They both have the same foundation that we mentioned before. They're both based on. And and you could probably have some crappy Miami-less synopsis writer write the synopsis (laughs) of both of them. And they'll sell exactly the same. The problem is they both have the same setting. They have the same foundation. And but they're both different writers, and they're taking them in two different directions. Yeah, and they're very, very vastly different stories. Um, and both of them have their own very, very unique style, very neat stuff that each one of them are doing. I bet, I bet they both have kings, right? Yes, they both have. Oh kings. my gosh! See, it's all the same. <laughs> one of the things that I I kind of want to get out is each one of them have different styles. Each one of them have different strengths. Things that. Each one of them are good at. Um, one may be better at writing a world. One may be better at writing characters. Another one might be better at telling plot. So that's kind of the whole message that I'm trying to make with this entire thing. Yeah, each one of these things are writing tools, different things that you might want to take into consideration. But remember, there's also different aspects that you need to take into consideration. Um 
maybe one of them is stuck on on themes, i.e., our Yuri Kuma uh, guy, uh, the 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 Miyazaki people. Some some writers take it as an art form, and that's important to them. Others want to make important things involving. I'm sorry, not important, but they want to entertain people. That is what drives them. They want to entertain. So different people have different things, different motivations. And so that all translates into what it is that you're watching on the TV screen. Um, That's kind of the point. So don't automatically decide that just based on you've seen this show 15 times and I've got synopses down here that I could I could read off and they all sound the same. You could. I could. <laughs> should I? I don't know if we should. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> You're better at it. <laughs> That's such a lazy cop-out. <laughs> I don't want to read it. No, no, no. Don't say what they are. Oh. I'll put it aside there. <laughs> The virtual reality, massively multiplayer online role-playing games. Well, it just says it there. <laughs> well, that's why you skip it. Released in the year 2022, allows players to control their in-game characters with their minds using the virtual reality helmet blank. Blank. <laughs> You're giving away really badly. The player's excitement turns to horror as they soon discover they cannot log out of the game. I guess that's really all you can really... Yeah, I know, right? The next part. (laughs) Yeah. Fear, survival, instinct, thrown into a foreign land. This is another synopsis, by the way. With nothing but hazy memories, knowledge of their name. Nothing but hazy memories and the knowledge of their name. They can only... They can feel only these three emotions resonating deep within their souls. This group of strangers given no other choice but to accept their only paying job in this world. The role of a soldier in the reserve army, army and eliminate anything that threatens the peace of the new world. Or how about this one? After a traffic accident, this person, disappointingly brief life, was supposed to be over. But he wakes up to see a beautiful girl before him. She claims to be a goddess and asks, would he like to go to another world and bring only one thing with him? He decides to bring the goddess herself. Or how about this one? You've missed the end there. Transport to a fantasy world filled with adventure rolled by a demon king. <laughs> A boy who embarks on a journey in our world, from our world, to an alternate world known as this. Which is full of mysterious energy known as blank. (laughs) After saving the princess from attackers, he soon finds himself in the middle of a struggle around this stuff. Each one of them are a character being present, being moved over to a, another world. Well, what's what's dumb is that these synopsis don't tell you what's happening beyond its foundation being built. Exactly, and that's the big point there. And that is that is 
ultimately my point is just because you hear the same story over and over again does not necessarily mean they are the same story. Each one of them, I can, we can tell you the first one is sort of online. Uh, that's a show I like. I think that generally you liked. Yeah, um, I got the first the season a perfect score. I thought it was excellent. Right. Um, Didn't care much. <laughs> the foundation was good. I, st- I still like it. I, I think that it has flaws, but I like it in general. Um, Grimgar was the second one. Uh, it, I mean, most of us, generally most of us have read, have watched these, know generally which ones, except for probably my last one, because that was a secret one that I threw on here. Um, the next one is Grimgar, like I said. Then you go over to Kanasuba. Same thing. They, and then my last one is Ixion Saga D- DT, which is actually a show that I actually hated. <laughs> but it goes to the point of even though it is the same exact plot or same exact setting, it is a very different story. And I understand what it was trying to do. Each one of these are trying to do something different. One of the things that even in the Western audience, I mean, we, we, we sit here and we watch a lot of movies and, and we get, get the same things over and over again. But I, I, I find it funny that the, like the three episode rule, I, although I do agree, like I said earlier, I don't think that anybody should be forced to watch something. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Just stop. Yeah, stop watching the 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 Lost Village, Chris. <laughs> Keeps texting me like, well, like, why are you still watching it? I wasn't watching it. Oh, okay. I was hearing people talking about it, and oh, I was like, okay. oh my gosh, what, this this show just went nuts. And anyway. <laughs> I thought you, when you were, the with the way with the way you spelled it out, I was like, I thought you were talking about a particular scene. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was following I'll, what I'll, they were I'll, doing. I'll, so yeah, at, at some point, I was like, well, I think he might be talking about somebody talking about the show. So that makes more sense. Probably, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what they were saying later. Um, but but the point is, is that it don't don't force yourself to watch something if you genuinely don't like it. It, it it's not going to change probably in the later. If if somebody you know and and they say actually I think that you may like it, maybe that's a that's a time to try and give it a chance. But my main point is is that I I I got this vision because I was thinking about it in in the grand scheme of things because we we have this three episode rule, but could you imagine people going into a theater and watching the first, I don't know, I think it was 30% of a movie. So if it's a two-hour movie, let's give it a, give it a bit and say, you sit there for 20, 30 minutes of the, sh- the movie. Could you imagine half of the audience getting up 30 minutes in the movie and walking out? Because they've seen it 20 million times. They've seen this this type of action film over and over and over again. They've they've seen it so many times. Because in all actuality, if you stop and think about it, a lot of these movies that we have over here are doing the same things over and over and over again. Yeah, they have different actors, different actresses, which is the same thing that we have in the anime sphere. But I guess the only thing i would point out there because i'm sure there's lots of people that are listening to us that are saying the same thing is technically a two-hour investment 
and you pay for a ticket, it's a little bit different story than am I going to invest into the next 13 or 26 episodes of the show. Right. And, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm not... It, it, it's, it's more the, the kind of the idea... It, how not, long movies are these days, that's actually pretty close to <laughs> comparison, actually, now that I think about it. it I'm not I'm Titanic, not saying, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm not saying that, uh, that it, 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 shouldn't, it should be treated the same. I'm saying that it's more kind of the idea... Is yeah, I mean nobody's gonna get. You're not gonna have half an audience of people in a movie theater get up because it would be rude to everybody else. So you just kind of sit there and go, okay, this is a crap movie. You start, you start looking at your your watch or whatever. Might as well enjoy the popcorn. Might as well eat the popcorn. Make a lot of noise while you're fifteen bucks for this ticket, anyways. (laughs) Yeah, you paid fifteen bucks for it. You might as well watch it. No, it's it's more the idea. It's it's we we treat these things in very different ways. And I go back to something that I had kind of said earlier of the idea of we we just because we look at a, an anime as an episodic thing, we expect certain things out of it for some strange reason, but when it comes down to it, it's an entertainment medium. We're we're supposed to be entertained by these things, and we should expect entertainment out of it, not something grandiose. Yeah. yeah. Is that it? Is that was that your rant? Did I rant? It wasn't as long as I thought it would be. I it wasn't. I I, was <laughs> I, I told not him to beforehand. Rant. I'm like, make sure we don't get too much into people hating on certain things because technically our last discussion only went into a big old huge rant about uh spoilers and first impressions i don't want to spend too much time on it but i tried not to rant did i rant no really not really not really you 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 did good you good boy you good job good job uh but yeah i i think the, the biggest thing there to pull away from it though like i said before is and what i got out of it and what i think really hits the mark is don't always expect that foundation. Foundations are a great way of having a an outline to start it with. And granted, a lot of people will copy that that foundation. And that's really because they find inspiration in something. So if they find inspiration in watching uh, or reading a story about a trapped in a trapped in a, a boy goes into magical school and he goes, "Whoa, I like that story, but I think it would be totally cool better. if I can do this with it." Mm-hmm. And so they take that same foundation, they build this other thing with it, and that's the same thing that you're talking about with the like Lord of the Rings and and uh, Game of Thrones and stuff. Is this idea of, ooh, I like that setting, but I want to be more fantastical and magical. I want to bring orcs in this picture, and I want to do some. Cra- I'm not saying that he, that Lord of the Rings took it from Game of Thrones or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. And there's probably going to be, and there's probably already plenty of it. Is the. Uh, Harry Potter, there's probably going to be tons of that coming out eventually, and it's going to be blowing up all over the place eventually, if it's already done, already happened. Uh, Hunger Games is probably going to be doing that whole thing as well. It's, is people find some really cool story and they want to build off that foundation. There is, I would say that you probably couldn't find a single story that's told these days that doesn't have some kind of inspiration, something that it's copying from something else from. It's very difficult to see anything as being truly original. Right. There's, there's, well, I mean, art, there's mediums, video storytelling has been copying itself for ages. I can, I can almost 
to a T point out a show a long time ago. There was one called Basilisk. And if you watch it on the surface, it's a very original and interesting story. But when you get down to the very nitty gritty of what it is, it's based on Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It is a, a ninja, ninja, two ninja clans, star-crossed lovers that are the heads of the, 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 the ninja clans. It's a really cool story on the surface level. But Lion it is King, basically Lion, Romeo and Juliet. Lion King was a ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> it was an original story. It was based off of a Japanese animation. So, yeah. I, I just ended up turning this into a rant. Rafi's just kind of I was trying very hard not to. But yeah, that's our that's our anime two hundred one writing tools, writing tools two hundred one. Hope you guys enjoyed all that. <laughs> I hope you think, guys everybody did. think Chris I, I was did weird outline. We did. I put a lot of time into this, and Andrew did put even more time into making my <laughs> lots into a. And I'll have more time editing it. Take all the gaps where he's trying to figure <laughs> out what he's going to say next. <laughs> so it continues on. It's a vicious cycle. I tried to make it a little bit more. <laughs> More fluid than last time I did one of these. <laughs> yeah. You did good. You did good. But yeah, that's that's all we have. Um, again, you can find us at talkaspear.com and go there for all news, reviews, and coverage of new anime, as well as our wonderful community at the top and the link and our social media links on the right side. Um, has some cool things planned up, up ahead, um, but I won't divulge it all here because then it will be kind of lame later if somebody listens to this and then realizes <laughs> that we've already done it. Yeah, 201 is not a good one for... <laughs> So stamping. <laughs> yes. So y'all take care and we thank y'all for listening. Os. Yeah.